All right. Welcome to the remix. How are you guys doing? All right. Um, glad to see everybody back. I know you had a good summer. I saw a lot of statuses about some vacations and just some fun time. Um, but uh, anyone glad to just have the routine of the school year back? No? Nobody? Seriously, nobody? Anybody? Couple? All right. Um, listen, tonight, um, if you know anything about our student ministry, you know that tonight will be the last night that we're actually going to do this. Um, we do um, actually six of these kinds of services a year, a school year, um, because we do this thing called cell groups, okay? And so if you don't know what cell groups is, I really don't have a whole lot of time to explain it other than to say we do these groups that are led by students just like you, and there's a ton of them that you'll meet tonight that are going to be the starting lineup for that this year. Um, we're starting 11 or 12 groups, something like that. And um, so next week, we'll actually start meeting in those groups. And so if you're wondering kind of what this school year is going to look like on Wednesday nights in church for you, uh, we're going to give you an option. And, and, and if you go to another church, we don't want to pull you away from that. We, we, we would love for you to go there. Uh, but if you don't have a church home, if you don't do anything on Wednesday nights uh, with church, the Bible, or anything like that, then we would love to invite you to a cell group, and we're going to tell you how to get to one of those at the end of tonight. But um, this will be the last night that we meet here um, next week. Week, this building will be empty and all these different homes all over the city will be filled with students uh, meeting and doing Bible studies and trying to get God's perspective on real stuff that's going on in your life. Um, so we're excited about that. Um, and tonight what we'd like to do is just set up a little bit of the uh, kind of the, the path that we want to take. Um, now as a youth pastor, I get to watch um, you guys kind of live your lives. Now it sounds kind of creepy, uh, but the idea is that I, um, I've been here for four years, uh, a little over four years now, actually, and, um, and so I just saw my first class from freshman to uh, graduation, and we only have one of those seniors left, if I'm correct, here tonight. She's running the computer, uh, so give Caitlin a big hug and, and a congratulations uh, by the end of the night. Um, so we're excited. Yeah, that's fun. Okay. Uh, the cool section sitting back there, if you guys were wondering. So that's who that is. Um, Cambron? Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so here's the deal. We are going to um, do something called uh, casting vision tonight. Now, what that means for people that may not use the word casting vision is I want to share with you guys a glimpse of what this school year could look like as far as your spiritual lives. Um, now, a lot of times when we do vision casting, like especially here, um, we'll spend a whole night talking about it. Uh, we did this a year ago uh, where we had kind of a big stage set and we were talking about this, the amount of students in Sling County and how many of them probably do not know Christ. Um, and, and so here's the deal. With a crowd this large, I know that there's people that are not Christians. There are people that are Christians. There may be atheists. There may be people that absolutely hate God. And listen, all we want to say is we're glad you're here. I mean, it's not like we, you know, Shut down the grill for you, like no burgers for the atheists. That's not why we do this. Um, we do this because we want you guys to come and hear the message that Jesus offers. And um, so tonight, um, let, let me just give it to you straight. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to fake anything for you. Um, I'm not going to, I'm just going to try to keep it as real as possible. I'm a pastor, and so you all should probably know at the outset that I'm going to, like, share the gospel, that I'm going to try to get you to live a certain kind of life, right? Like, that's what pastors do. And um, I'm not, like I said, I'm going to keep it real because the truth is, is that I think, I think that your lives, a lot of you, are being wasted right now. 
And that's like the heavy hitter right at the beginning. Like a lot of times people like to open with a joke and I'm just like, you're wasting your lives. (sighs) Sorry. Um, So here's the deal. What I want to talk about tonight is not vision for our student ministry necessarily, although it is. It's vision just for your life. Okay, so I want to actually give you a glimpse of what the Bible may be saying about your life. Now tonight, we're going to go through the book of Galatians, among other uh, portions of Scripture. If you have your Bible and you want to open up Galatians, that's where we're going to be. Um, I do want to ask God his blessing and uh, his guidance um, on this night. So uh, if you want to pray with me um, before we get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all these people coming back. We thank you for another school year. Um, We do ask, God, that you would just be um, guiding us and providing for us and and convicting us. Uh, Your scripture is there to tell us where we're wrong and and to show us where we need to go. And and, and all this Bible is is just um, how you are communicating to us today. And so we do ask that you would bring it alive to us, that as we read your scripture, that you would enlighten it and that it would um, it would tear us apart that it would wreck us that it would burden us because we're living our own way and we need to live your way Um, so God we just ask that tonight and I ask that every heart be open to what you have for them tonight Um, and I do pray I just thank you for all these people here and and I do pray that you would just guide me and my words as we move forward and it's in your name we pray amen Um, okay so we're gonna be in the book of Galatians um Paul was writing this book. Um, it's actually a letter, okay? So it's like he's writing just a letter, and, and um, he sent this to this church that had been started. If you've been here this summer, we've been talking about the book of Acts, where uh, the church started for the first time. So you have guys like Peter, James, John, all those guys, and later, Paul. Paul was uh, persecuting the church while they were getting started. Um, he was literally killing Christians uh, because he thought that what they were doing was wrong based on their Jewish beliefs. Um, and he turned out that God intervened in his life and turned him around. And so what you're going to see, if you were to read the whole book of Galatians and if you've been here for the study of Acts, you would see a lot of similarities. Because if you see Paul uh, in the book of Acts or anywhere else in Scripture um, coming up against people who don't believe in God, what he does, he just starts from the beginning and tells the whole story about God, how God wrecked his life, and he talks about how God wants to wreck your life, okay? And wreck isn't necessarily a word that sounds real positive, is it? Uh, But the truth is, is that I want, I want all of us to be in this room when we see the scripture, just be disturbed at our inner being about what might be wrong in our lives, okay? So Paul is writing a letter to the Galatian church. Now, Paul would probably not make it as a pastor today because he just says what's on his mind, okay? Um, I, I can promise you that he's going to say something tonight that's going to make you giggle a little bit. Maybe full-blown laugh. It may turn your face red. He says stuff that just makes this kind of like awkward laugh. You know, you're kind of looking around at your neighbor see if they just said it. We're going to get to that, okay? Because that's towards the end of the book. But what he's doing is he's writing a, a a letter to a group of people who were saved, okay? He is writing a letter to the church. He's writing a letter to 
Christians. So I want to be very clear. If you're in, a, in this room and you're not a Christian, um, what he's doing is he's writing a letter to the Christians that turned back away from God and started believing kind of in their own things, their own rules uh, to save them. And so uh, if you've ever seen Christian or non-Christian, um, a group of Christians that act like hypocrites and act like what they do is self-righteous and everything like that, that shouldn't be that way, okay? But on the flip side of that, we all are kind of like that at times. We all are hypocrites at times. Um, if you would be honest, there's times where you want to do this, but you do that. There's sometimes that you want to treat someone nicely, and then like something gets said that you like didn't mean to, or sometimes, sometimes you believe something, but then it's not real convenient, so you come over here and you do this thing. And so what he's talking to is, a, he's talking to a bunch of people that were running hard after God, but then kind of decided to turn their own way. So they started making their own rules. They started telling other people that their rules were how people get to heaven. And uh, they were just messed up. So real quick, like you see in the book of Galatians, uh, that, that things get interesting. So I'm gonna, there's not going to be anything on the screen just yet. I'm going to read to you just the, the beginning, okay? And if you read any New Testament letter, it starts a lot like this. Uh, the first verse says, Paul, an apostle, not from men or through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the church at Galatia. So he's just saying, this is who I am and this is who I'm writing to. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Right? That's like the churchy language that you hear uh, when you go Sunday morning. You don't really care but you're listening to them. There's a lot of God and Father and grace and mercy and peace forever and ever. Amen. And stuff like that. You're not really paying attention. You hear a lot of those words. And then he just jumps right into like knocking them against the wall. He says, I am astonished, and this is going to be on the screen for you, uh, Galatians 1.6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ, and you are turning to a different gospel. Let me actually keep reading this. This is going to be kind of on the screen. This is like the, the theme of this little passage. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Even if, and this is kind of weird if you think about this, even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So he's saying, if you get a vision, and I think this is just like idiot proofing the message, like, because sometimes we don't hear from angels in our dreams, we just dream that an angel talked to us. Some of us think we're angels, and that's a lie. None of y'all are angels. I can, just looking at you, I can tell. None of y'all are angels. Sorry. It's the truth, I'm not an angel. So here's the deal, he's saying, even if an angel comes and preaches you a different gospel than what Jesus said, he's wrong, you shouldn't believe him. But he's saying even though the, it's the humans, it's, it's, the, it's your friends that are tearing you apart. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you've received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So here's what he's saying. Can I just stop here just for a minute? Um, I'm going to address Christians, not just in this room, not just in Saline County, but just kind of all over America right now. Um, there are a ton of people, and this is kind of the thrust of the message that I think he's sharing and that I want to share. There's a ton of Christians that think that they have it right and they have it wrong. 
And I can say that on the authority of Scripture because Jesus actually said, there's going to be a ton of people who come and say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do this and that? And he's going to say, depart from me, what? I never knew you. There's going to be a lot of people. And then he, in another passage, he says, the wide is, uh, I'm sorry, the path is wide that leads to destruction, but the path is narrow that leads to life. And so what, like this should mess with you just a little bit because a lot of us in this room know that the gospel kind of goes like this. If you don't accept Jesus in your heart, if you don't accept his salvation, then you do what? Just say it. You can say the word. You go to hell. <laughs> Someone's going to take a sound bite out of that. Mark said go to hell. No, you go to hell if you don't accept Jesus and his love and his grace. Like that's kind of the basic message of the gospel. It's, it's kind of deeper than that. It's a little wider than that. But the very, very like, core truth is, is that Jesus offers you his son who died to pay for your sins, right? And if you don't accept that in your heart, like in a genuine way, then you spend eternity separated from God in hell where you get tortured and there's fire and there's all this kind of stuff, okay? That's kind of the message. But there's a lot of people who think they're on the narrow path. But if you look at the Bible, it says that you will know them by their fruits and if they don't have the fruit that show they're a Christian, then they were never part of that tree in the first place. They were never on that path. They were never on the narrow path. There's a lot of people on the wide path that think they're on the narrow path, okay? So this is what he's saying. Like, you guys are hanging out with people that are telling you to go live your own way, to go make up your own rules that get you to heaven. Like, this is just what the Bible says. And, and I'm not really good at kind of cleaning it up so that you see kind of like the, the fun, happy side of the Bible. I really just want to tell you the truth, okay? Because there's a lot of people... And this is why there's a lot of people on the wide path. There's a lot of people trying to clean it up and make it pretty and tell you every way that it benefits you. Tell you every way that the gospel benefits you. And so here's what he's saying. Because he knows they're ticked at him. He knows that this church is like, they're ticked at him because he is saying something that they don't want to hear. And there's probably some of you that don't want to hear this message in here tonight. And I just want to say, like, here's what he's saying. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? Because if I was trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Listen, if I, wasn't, if I was trying to please man, there's no point in waking up early on Sunday morning. There's no point in serving other people. There's no point in putting other people first. There's no point in standing up for something that, you, that doesn't exist in the first place. You know what I mean? Like if none of that stuff is true, then what we're doing here is a waste. It says that in 1 Corinthians 15 too. It says, let's say that Jesus didn't rise again. Let's just say that, that, that Jesus, he died, but that the whole rising again part of the story was fake. Or let's just say that Jesus didn't even live. Then this right here is a waste of time. But he did die, he did rise again, and everything that he prophesied and that all the prophets prophesied came true. That's why, that's one of the reasons we have a lot of weight behind what he said, because what he said happened. And listen, if a guy dies and rises again, I'm listening to that guy. That's what I'm thinking. So he says, I'm so astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Listen, there's a lot of people in here that you may have professed Jesus. You may have said, I want to be a Christian. I want to accept Christ. I even want to get baptized in that big old horse trough thing. 
but you've turned away and you've kind of started living your own way. You started living by your own rules and maybe your own rules are, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. In, in, in the pitfall of all those lies is that you end up focusing way more on you because you, you don't want to submit to God's lordship in your life. You don't want to live the kind of life that he actually said, hey, this is the way life is supposed to be. And there's a lot of people that call themselves Christian on Facebook, the religious views. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus, whatever. But then they live their own way. That is the definition of someone who's going to hell. You live your own way. You know why? Because when you submit yourself to the lordship, like when you say, you're my boss, for the rest of my life, like I submit to you, that's it. That's the decision I'm making for the rest of my life. You don't make your own rules. You look at the creator of the universe and say, how did you design me to live? And then what do you want for my life? And so no wonder people stray from God because they stop going to church, because they start hanging out with people that don't believe in the gospel, that don't believe in the Bible, that don't have personal encouraging messages for people that follow the, the Bible and the ways of Jesus. Like, no wonder we all stray. But the thing is, is he's saying, he's saying, you guys had it going good. What happened? So here's the first thing he says. Basically, when we're not close to Jesus, it's not because he moved. Jesus never moves. Jesus, like, when, he's, when you accept him into your life, let's say you genuinely make that decision, he comes inside your life, but he never leaves you. That's a promise from Scripture. He never leaves you and he never forsakes you. So if you're not feeling close to Jesus right now or ever or at some point in your life, then you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, what happened? Where, when did I leave? You have to go back in your mind and say, when did I walk away from Jesus? Because Jesus never moves. Jesus committed to you a kind of commitment that we don't even know what it's like because we live in the land of divorce. We live in the land of I want out of my commitment we can't even keep a cell phone plan for a year. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying, like, if you're deserting Christ, you're the one who moved, okay? So then he moves on. In chapter 2, I'm just going to cover uh, verses 19 to 21. Um, he says, I've been crucified. I'm sorry, no, I'm skipping ahead. Um, I'm going to read the whole passage. It's just a, a short passage on the screen. For though the law, for through the law, I died to the law. What he's saying is, the, the do's and the don'ts, they don't save me, okay? Just because I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, I, I, I do all these nice things, like the things that you do can't get you to heaven, it's just the truth. What God did gets you to heaven. If you accept that, that's, and it's so easy, but we live our own way, right? We, we create our own rules. He says, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. That means I died, okay? So like he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's why everyone's going their own way because they, they, still, they still live. It's not Christ living in me. They didn't die. They didn't, and that sounds weird, right? But you dying is just you saying, I submit, okay? It's not my choice anymore. I'm not choosing. Like I died. Okay, I, like I died the day when I was 16 years old in my bedroom and I asked Jesus to come in my heart for real. Like legit, I said, I'm done playing the church game. I'm done. It's stupid. It's, it honestly is stupid to play the church game. If you're playing the church game, no wonder your life is boring. No wonder you think church is boring. 
because it's supposed to be exhilarating to follow Christ. When the creator of the universe speaks into your life through the scripture, like, if that's not exhilarating to you, then you need to check yourself. Like, the person, the being who created all of this, that, that created the systems that are, like, working in your body to keep you breathing, like, just the fact that you're here sitting uh, walking, running, doing like all the things that you do like is amazing. And then you look up at the stars tonight and you think what you see is just like a minute version of what's actually been created. And we look up at God and we're like, no, I'm gonna do it my own way. No, I, I died. I died. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And now the life I now live in the flesh, I live by, the faith, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness were through the law, if I got saved through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. But he didn't die for no purpose. Okay? So the second thing I want to ask you is basically, if you could save yourself and Jesus had no purpose, okay? Jesus wasted his time. So if you're trying to do this church game based on your own rules, I just want to tell you, you're wasting your time. If you're trying to live your own life by your own rules, you're wasting your time and it's going to end up in devastation. You're going to waste your life. Okay? And I can only say that on the authority of Scripture because that's what God is saying to us today. Okay? The next piece of Scripture, we're looking at three. Uh, he, he goes on, and this is where he kind of gets mad again. He says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Here's what he's saying. If you think that you can save yourself, then you messed up. If you think that you get saved by faith, right, which is true, by grace through faith, so that's not our works, so that we can't boast. We can't brag because we didn't do anything to earn our salvation. We get saved by grace through faith, but then a lot of us, listen up, a lot of us think that God is happy with us because we still do all these things that like make him happy. And he says he's the author and the perfecter of your faith. That means he's the finisher. That means the work of, uh, of growing to be like him, to be made right in him, to have a good relationship with him. All that's his work in you. You can't do it. So, so what am I saying? Is that supposed to be like this like real negative, kind of depressing, like if I can't do it, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to submit yourself to him. If you're not growing in Christ, you have not submit yourself to his leadership. You haven't submit yourself to the Bible, to scripture, to prayer, to church uh, attendance and membership and serving. Like all those things, they sound boring, but when you do those things, then you become closer to Christ. Not because of something that you do, but because you're inviting the creator of the universe to come in and to make you closer to him. So if you're feeling distant from Jesus right now, it's because you walked away, and secondly, because you're not allowing him to do work in your life. Don't ever, ever complain about something that God did when it was actually your irresponsibility. Don't ever put something on the church that isn't the church's fault. Because there's a lot of people walking around blaming Christians for the stuff that's going wrong. And the truth is, is it comes down to what we do with our lives, what we do with Jesus at the end of the day. That's it. Don't ever 
Don't ever walk around saying, I'm not going to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. That's ridiculous because, one, you're a hypocrite, and that's never going to change. And then the other thing is, is that the church is the what? The bride of Christ. If you walk up to me and say, I'm not going to come to your house. I don't want to come to your house for dinner. I don't want to come hang out with you. Why? Because I hate your wife. I'm going to kick you in your freaking teeth. Because your wife is stupid. You're going to get one where the sun don't shine. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to get a foot up your butt. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that are talking about the bride of Christ like it's not a big deal. Can I just say this to you? My whole life, this is just, this is not me knowing the answers. This is me learning a lesson this last couple years. I always, 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 I want, you to, I want you to hear this. I always criticized church leadership for where they got it wrong. I grew up with all kinds of church leaders that were faking it. Okay, they would say one thing and then do another. They were fakers. And so I grew up, that's all I wanted to do was at least just be a legitimate person. I want to have integrity. So what you see is what you get. Like if you see me here, it's the same thing as if you go in my house on Tuesday night, I'm watching TV, it's the same thing. If you see me on Friday night, you had better see the same mark as you see on the stage, right? And that's the whole hypocrite conversation. I was really, really good at pointing out the sins in other people and showing that like church leadership, they're just getting it wrong. Let me just tell you something. The creator of the universe puts together the leadership that is leading the church. It was his call. So the next time you want to criticize other people, other Christians, other church leaders, other pastors, um, this isn't just me being defensive. This is just me telling the truth. This is a lesson I learned. I used to think that I could do it better. I used to think that everyone else should do it my way. And here's the truth. God set up leadership because he wanted it that way. So the pastors that are in office, if you will, everywhere, the president that's in office right now, God wanted them there. Okay? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't say, hey, man, maybe we could do it better. Let's work on this together. But just this blind, ugly criticism, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because God chose them, and all they are are a person who was called by God, who was actually obedient enough to follow the call, and God is continually equipping them. He never makes us perfect so that we can lead. He equips us as we lead. When we say, yeah, I'll follow the call of God to do whatever's on my life, he begins to equip you. You know what that means? He called me into being a youth pastor. And guess what? I'm still kind of an idiot, It's true, you can laugh, whatever. Like, I'm still, I make a ton of mistakes. All kinds of mistakes. Like, some of you have been hurt by me, and I deeply apologize for that, but here's what I want to say. Like, I kind of know I'm an idiot. I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm just submitting myself to God to say, will you make me more like your son? So if you want to criticize other people because they're not doing that, maybe you should kind of look in the mirror first. Because God actually says that the humility is what, what we should look like. Okay, but I've taken too long. I want to move on. Okay, so we're justified by faith. And when he says, who has bewitched you? Are you perfected by flesh? What he's really saying is that abandoning God after salvation shows that you don't understand the gospel. 
It shows that you never got it in the first place. There's times where we turn away. There's times where we slip up. But a life that is going after God and then just stops, never understood the gospel. Never understood because there's change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Behold, all things are passed away. New things have come. You're a new creation. A new creation does a different thing, lives a different way, follows a different way. Galatians 4, 8, and 9, he moves on. He says, but now you have come to know God, or rather be known by God. How can you turn back against the weak, I'm sorry, turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more? And then he says in verse 11, this isn't on the screen, but he just says this, I want to show it. He says, I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. He just says, I think I wasted my time with you. I think that's probably what I did. Because you guys, you like said that you were going to follow the way of Christ and then you just kind of did your own thing. Listen, that's what the church looks like today. That's the scary thing. There's a lot of people in here that may be on their way to hell because they're not following the ways of Jesus. They heard someone say, if you pray this prayer, then you get saved and you get a little wet when you get baptized and go on and kind of just go to church and pray and read the Bible and stuff like that. That's not it, man. That's it. That's a completely wrong perspective. The perspective is this. You have sin. You are an ugly, disgusting person because of the sin in your life. That's all of us, okay? I'm not saying that's not true about me. Like, I am gross. I was gross because of my sin. And then when I came to the point where I said, I realize that I need a savior because I can't do this life on my own. I can't have a relationship with God on my own. I recognize that God paid the price for my sins. And there's this grand exchange that takes place. When you accept Christ, you actually give your sin to Jesus. Like you, he takes it. And he gives you his righteousness, his perfection, okay? That's what happens. That's what saves you. Like if you have Christ's righteousness, all eyes on me right now, guys. If you don't have Christ's righteousness, then you are not saved. Now what does that mean? Does it mean you're perfect? No, absolutely not. Don't mishear me on that. It means that you have Christ's righteousness. You have his spirit living inside of you. It means you made a genuine decision to follow him, to follow his ways, to submit your life to him. If you made a decision, listen up, if you made a decision to invite him into your heart, but then your life didn't make a change, you're on your way to hell. I'm sorry if that like bugs you right now, but you need to wrestle with that. There's a lot of people in this room that think they're on the way to heaven and they're absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Why? Because sometimes, and listen, sometimes it's the pastor's fault for making it too easy. Listen, it's not easy. The Christian life isn't easy. It's not cute, okay? All it is is following what's, what's in this book. Like Jesus says, follow me. Do you actually follow him or not? Where are you with Jesus in that realm? Because if you, some of you know too, It's not even a wrestling. For me, it was a wrestling my whole teenage life until I was 16. Six years I spent going to bed every single night, staring up at the ceiling, wondering if I was going to go to heaven or not. Do you know what took me six years to actually, like, have the rational thought? At any point, I could just choose to follow Christ. He gave me the faith to do it. Like, I'm in in church. I'm reading his word. I know kind of what, what the situation is. 
And, and for six years, I was just like, man, I hope I go to heaven. Man, I hope I go to heaven. And then one night, here's the deal. With me, this is my testimony. One night, I was just like, I'm sick of this stupid, stinking life where I don't know if I'm on this side of Christianity or this. I'm just gonna follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm making it solid right now, right here. Now's the time to follow Jesus. And from that point forward, I can tell you there was a change in my life. Like I said, I'm still an idiot. God didn't make me perfect that night, okay? I make a ton of mistakes. Just ask my wife. How many I make in a given day? Let's not talk about that, okay? But like, I make mistakes and you make mistakes. That's not what determines if you're a Christian or not. What determines if you're a Christian is if you ever invited God to be the Lord of your life. If you ever said, I believe that you're the son of God and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Some of you made the wrong decision because you thought you'd just call yourself a Christian and that was the end game. That you'd go to heaven. Like, okay, I got that settled so now I can do my own thing and that's what he's saying. In fact, next he says this. Um, in fact, I might skip ahead. No, in five, seven, and 12. He says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You know what he's saying? The people around you are the ones who are gonna either encourage you or discourage your faith in God. The people that you run with, it's your friends. The people that you choose to hang out with will point you towards Jesus or not point you towards Jesus. And some people, some of you are like, you're thinking, okay, what do my friends do? Do they, and some of you are like, well, they don't really say like that Jesus isn't the way. Some of you even are Christians, but they don't live a good life. That's actually discouraging you away from faith in God. You know that? Because if they're not encouraging you toward Jesus, they're actually discouraging you. They're trying to get you away from Jesus. That's the truth. If you're hanging out with people that don't encourage you, to follow Jesus. Anyone else, anyone that's not in that category is actually discouraging you. They're encouraging you to get away from Jesus by the fact they're not encouraging you towards Jesus. There's only one way. There's not a bunch of ways. There's only one way. This is the part where Paul gets like, interesting. He, he, he says all this stuff. He says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. He's saying, you're getting like demonic influence in your life. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. He's using like bread language. Um, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. Here's what he's saying. If you are pulling people away from Jesus, it is not gonna be good to be you in the end unless you turn towards Jesus. If you are pulling people away from Jesus, it's gonna be bad for you unless you turn towards Jesus. Like that's what the Bible says. In other parts of the Bible, people are stricken dead on the spot because they discourage people from following Jesus. In verse 12, he says this. This is just Paul, I'm just quoting the Bible. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Now if you don't know what the word emasculate means, does anyone know what that means? means cut off your junk. Mm-hmm. He says, I wish they would emasculate themselves. He's mad. He's mad. This is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, I wish they would cut off their stuff. 
That's weird, right? Like you get that letter and you're kind of like, whoa, too far, Paul. Too much. Way too much. Back up, brother. Um, he is so mad that people are pulling his friends away from Jesus that he would say something like that. And it's in the Bible. His righteous anger for people that are pulling him or, or pulling his friends away from Jesus is so strong that he would say, I wish that those people who are pulling you away from Jesus, I wish that they would emasculate themselves. And I don't even know what that means, guys. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think he just said, I wish they would hurt themselves in that way. I mean, we're not talking circumcision. We're talking like a big old blade, swing. Like, that's what he said. It's in the Bible. He's so mad that he wishes they would hurt themselves in that way. Because that's the kind of pain he wants to inflict on them. But he's not going to. He's just saying, listen, the people who pulled you away from Jesus, stop hanging out with them. And listen, students, the people who are pulling you away from Jesus, whether they're trying to or not, listen, if you keep hanging out with them, I can tell you where your life's going to go. It's not towards Jesus. The choice that you make to hang out with your friends is determining your own future. So look at the future of the people around you. I had a conversation with a friend from high school today because you may not know this, I'm 10 years out of high school. Like that's the big, like I don't know what to do with that. I'm getting old, I, I'm getting gray hairs and I don't have a whole lot of energy and stuff like that. It's kind of weird. I don't know what to do with that kind of information. But here's what we were talking about because my, fam my family reunion, my 10 year reunion is this Labor Day. I'm not going to get to go because I'm going to be here with you guys that Sunday. Um, but we were just talking about all the different people that didn't follow Jesus or the people that thought they were following Jesus but they obviously ended up not. It looks, oh, it looks so good when you're in high school. It looks good. And the only thing that I can tell you is just learn from an adult who's been there. Congratulations if your life is glorious in high school. If the rest of your life is a wreck, it's not worth it. And I'm not just talking about following Jesus. I'm talking about the decisions you make. Like you're making decisions that will impact your eternity. I don't know how else to say that. I mean, I have a friend right now that had three kids with three different guys. Because she, what's the word? She wanted um, affirmed. She wanted affirmation. She wanted a guy to love her. So she had sex with three guys and she's got three kids each from different fathers. And she's a single mom because none of them stayed around. Okay, so some of the women are gonna seek out affirmation with the guys around you. I don't know how else to tell you that it's, it's a waste. It's a waste. If you're, if you're defining yourself based on another human being, you have, you have officially decided to waste your life. And you'll know it. You just don't know it now. You'll know it years down the road, and you might even say, man, I wish I just would have taken that advice. Like, I said that one day. I said, I wish I would have never done that because there are still, like, Elements of that consequence in my life that will always be there. Like there are decisions that you make that affect your eternity. And that's just, that's just the temporal stuff. 
The eternal stuff is that some of you think you're going to heaven and you're not because you call yourself a Christian, because you go to church, because you got baptized. It's not it. So here's what he says. In Galatians 5.14, he sums up the whole thing. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, okay? And what he's really saying there is that the life that follows Jesus always ends up serving other people. But not every Christian looks like that. You know why? Because not every Christian is a Christian. Not every Christian is actually following Christ. They just, it's kind of a nominal thing. They just put the name tag on for the rest of their life. I'm a Christian. I go to church. Do you serve? Do you love people? Like when people tick you off, do you just snap back at them? Do you treat other people how you want to treat them? Or do you follow the Bible? Do you make your own decisions for life? Or do you follow the Bible? Do you listen to the Holy Spirit at all? Is the Holy Spirit even, even, even in you? I just want to invite you just tonight. And like I said, I kind of I put it up front. The book of Galatians was written to a specific group of people. But it's in the Bible because it's written to you too. Okay? What I want to say very plainly is that some of you are absolutely on the wrong path. And so here's why I call this vision night. This isn't about our student ministry. I could care less if our student ministry is the most popular student ministry. I could care less if it's the most well-attended. Like, we got a lot of people here tonight, and that's awesome. If we have a lot of people here tonight that are going to turn around and reject the message of Jesus, I would, I would almost rather have not even done this. I'm not interested in that. Like I said, I'm just trying to keep it real with you tonight. All I'm trying to do is tell you that there is a way, and it's the only way to heaven. It's the only way to God, and that's through Jesus. And it's not just through Jesus, like, putting the name tag on. It's not just calling yourself a Christian. Some of you are functionally rejecting Jesus today because you know in your own heart you're not going to respond to this. And what I want to say to you is that if you're rejecting Jesus, you're rejecting God. And if you're rejecting God, the day that you die is going to be the beginning of eternal punishment, the beginning of eternal judgment on your life. And I don't want that to be the reason that you follow Jesus either. That's a junky reason, right? Because if you follow Jesus to go to heaven, shouldn't you just go to heaven at that point? No, you follow Jesus because there's redemption in this life that we live today. Like the Holy Spirit walks with you and then there's a mission on your life to serve him. Like it doesn't just end the moment that you, that you accept Christ. So if you're a Christian in here and you're like, he says, you turned away. If you are rejecting Jesus, then you are rejecting God. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I don't want at the end of my life I don't want, when, when I'm facing Jesus, like have you ever thought about that? What it's going to be actually like to sit in front of Jesus and talk to him. And he kind of goes through your life and how you spend it. I don't want to be the guy that Jesus has to say, well man, you did that cookout, man, them kids came out, didn't they? Like God talks like that, like he talks like a redneck. Like he's swamp people. But how cool would that be? Shoot him, Jen. 
I don't want to be the youth pastor that gets up to heaven. I face God and he says, no, you actually distracted kids away from Jesus with all this fun stuff and all this other, like, just give them the gospel. Just give them my message. And I don't want to be the guy that cutesies it up for you. I don't want to be the guy that wraps it up in a little bow and gives it to you so it's palatable, okay? I just want to tell you the truth about life. It's that there's one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. And if you're living any other way, then you're wasting your life, okay? So wherever you land with that tonight, you have an an opportunity to respond, okay? So all that was like kind of the bad news, right? It's kind of a rough night. Like vision night, I feel like beat up because of all the stuff you just said. Here's the good news. At any moment tonight, you have the opportunity, if God doesn't end this world before this, this message, and he could. You ever thought about that? Like in 30 minutes, everything could end, and then all that rejection of God would end up in eternity somewhere? You ever thought about that? So here's the deal. You have this option to actually look to God and say, you know what? My choice to be God in this world is stupid. Functionally, a lot of us are, are calling ourselves God because we get to make the calls. We get to choose the way we want to live. We get to point ourselves in the direction we want to go. You have to come to a point in your life where you say, I'm not God. I cannot do this thing on my own. I need a savior. That's all you need. You need a savior. But you don't need a savior just in this moment and then go on living your life the way you want to. You need a savior. Like, you need the gospel every day. Christians, you need the gospel today too. You know why? Because you still need grace. Christians burn grace faster than non-Christians do. Because we actually have Jesus and we turn away and reject him too. That's the ugly thing. So we all need the gospel in this room right now. So wherever you are, you need Jesus tonight. And that's all I want to do is I want to just kind of point you towards Jesus, okay? So in a moment, I'm actually going to pray and I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And, and you've probably been in a lot of services like this and you've probably not responded in a lot of services like this. And here, at the end of the day, you can go home without Jesus if you want to. But you're wasting your life You're creating your own rules for a world that you didn't create. You don't get to create the rules, but some of us are. And you're going to go home and you're going to risk it. You're going to like gamble with the fact that maybe, maybe what Mark said is wrong. Maybe this whole Bible thing, maybe it's false. Maybe God didn't create the universe. Maybe this whole Big Bang theory is right. Maybe this, maybe that. You're going to gamble with prophecy. You're going to gamble with a guy that rose from the dead. You can gamble. That's Like I said, that's your choice. But I am just pleading with you. And at the end of the night, if no one responds, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk away. I'm going to be sad. But if no one responds and no one responds, God's going to be the one to do the work in you. Not me. I'm just a human sharing the word of God. That's all I'm doing, Okay? And it's up to you to respond how you need to respond. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we, um, we desperately need you in this moment. Some of us, we've been living the way we wanted to live. Some of us, we've been choosing our own destiny, our own path, and our own direction. Some of us may be realizing that we've got it wrong for the first time in our life. Some of us may realize that we never actually genuinely followed Christ. So God, just in this moment, 
I have nothing to do with what's about to happen. Lord, we're giving it to you. Whatever these people decide to do, we do pray that you would move in their hearts to respond appropriately to your gospel, to your grace, because you sent your son to pay for their sins, for my sins. And all of us need the gospel and all of us need this grace tonight. So if there's anyone in here, God, that you have not miraculously saved, I pray that they would open their heart to you tonight. Now, guys, with your eyes closed, I can only just ask you one question. Like, some of you know that you need to respond. And so what I want to do is just, because we've done this in the past where we try to make it as easy as possible, as quiet as possible, as private as possible for you to accept Jesus. And so here's the deal. We're not going to do student ministry where we're fake, okay? That's not how we do it here. Um, And so this is what I'm going to ask you. If you need to respond to Jesus for the first time tonight, I'm just going to ask you to do one thing while everyone has their eyes closed. I'm going to ask you to stand up if you need to respond to Jesus for the first time tonight, right now. If you need to boldly change your life, and you don't change it, God brings the change, but if you need God to change your life, you stand up right now. That's awesome. Other people need to make that decision. I know there's people in here that need to make that decision. And I'm not going to pressure you. I'm just going to offer it to you. What is God doing in your heart right now? What do you need done in your life? What do you need Jesus to do? I'm going to ask, while your heads are bowed, if there's some cell group leaders in here um, to come forward right now. We need some counselors, just a couple. That's good, I think. Listen, with all your eyes closed, if you need to, if you need to accept Jesus tonight, what I'm going to do, ask you to do is come forward and talk to one of our, our cell group leaders here, and they'll help you make that decision. And that's right now. Come on. Come on down. So, others of you, you may need to make a decision to accept Christ for the first time tonight. Maybe you've been faking it. Maybe you've been running from God your whole life. Whatever you need to do, I'm only going to offer this for another 30 seconds or so. We're almost done here. If no one else is going to come, we're going to close it up. Father, thank you for the work you're doing tonight. And I thank you for a new school year. I thank you that, that you're doing work. I thank you that your word is penetrating hearts tonight. I can only guess that there's people here tonight that have rejected you. I pray that they would not do that. I pray that they would turn from their ways towards you. I pray that they would give their lives to you tonight but it's up to them right now. And God, for the rest of us, we thank you so much for what you're doing. I thank you, God, so much that you've sent your son, the most gracious act anyone has ever done, ever. Thank you, God, you did not have to do that. That was the greatest love demonstrated in the history of the universe. Thank you for that, God. With that, we just thank you for tonight. And we ask your blessing on this school year. In your name we pray. Amen.